Hey, what's up guys? It's Austin Gunner here at MAP. Uh, we're going to be going over some Q&A again for you, got, for you guys. Uh, we'll be doing this every single month. You know, our biggest goal with this is to try to just help you guys. You know, all of our families here, our athletes, you know, down to our, our little kids even, you know. We sit here and we try to come up with, you know, what are some problems we know you guys are having just through different questions, interactions with you guys, um, and then go from there. Uh, like I said, our main goal is just try to help you guys out and give back anything we can from what we've learned. So, Gunner, you ready to get this thing rolling? Let's get it going, man. Number two underway. Number two. So, very first thing I wanted to go over, um, let's talk about the importance of nutrition and training at the end of the season. Mm. What would you say would be, what would be your big two like, what would be your main two tips in regards? Let's go training at the end of the season. Why Why even worry about training at the end of the season? Well, you know, everybody's body starts to wear down. Mm -hmm. Everybody's mental starts to wear down. Uh, everybody just gets tired of just the monotony, the consistency or, or whatnot. But uh, what people have a hard time seeing is that the harder that you continue to go towards the end of the season – I mean, the more you continue to improve. I remember during the end of my seasons, I would feel really good in the beginning of the season, feeling real bouncy, twitchy or whatnot. And then mm -hmm. towards the end of the season, I just felt sluggish. Just getting beat up. Like, yeah, just beat up. And I was taking less time in the gym. And I was losing a little bit of touch of my nutrition. And so what I saw is that, oh, man, if I just kept increasing the quality of what I was doing, I'd probably still be getting better. But I just didn't see the importance of that till. You didn't know until it was too late, exactly. in other words. Exactly. So just understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. I mean, everybody takes so much time into the preseason, mm -hmm. that summer going into, but nobody really thinks so much about what's it looking like in October, November, you know, seeing a little bit further down the line. So and that was, I can add to that with uh, Taylor Varnell whenever he was playing in the White Sox organization. In season, we actually added more training we didn't go a lot of people pull back they do less and less and less we did more but we did more like more isolated uh like singular joint exercises we increased the volume of those but obviously we tapered down like he wasn't you know going in and squatting five times a week we we're doing a stress. yeah we we're doing a lot more band work and just uh like arm care stuff mm -hmm. to just keep him healthy and you know, it's it was funny because it was, he said that was the best his arm had ever felt at the end of the season was, and he was doing more. It's it's so opposite of what we get, you know, told and taught as we we're growing up. Like, oh, you need to rest, and you, man, I, I'm, I honestly, if I, if I wake up and do my AM session, I feel great. I feel great, yeah. If I wake up and I miss that, and let's let's say that I don't train my AM or PM session that day, uh, my body hurts. Yeah. It, it literally hurts. If I just keep going, I don't notice that. And so I think a lot of times in season, you've got to keep that training just as high towards the end of the season, you know, really still trying to break all your records um, and, and improve so that you can keep your body healthy. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, I've used this explanation before, let's, let's take, you know, me and you, let's go chop down a tree. If we sit there with an ax long enough, no matter how big that tree is, we're eventually going to knock it down. What if we put steel plates on it and then had to hit steel plates the whole time? We're probably not going to get the tree to knock down because those steel plates are going to keep us from going through it. 
That's what the training does. It, it bulletproofs your body to give you a chance to stay as healthy as you can. You know, we can take uh, like Coop and Parker, both of them had some injuries that could have been very major. Coop could have had an ACL tear, ends up with a grade two MCL. Parker, they said that they've never seen somebody come in with that much muscle surrounding his shoulder. They said, we don't know how you continue to play. He's, I mean, he labor him, all kinds of stuff right oh, now. Yeah. Big dog. Yeah. They're like, we have no clue how you've been doing anything. That was the only way. He had, he had built up so much mass around that There's joint. tissue there. That it, it's held it into a, it's held it enough for him to be able to do everything. He was strong enough. Yeah. It's the training doesn't make it where you just don't get hurt, but it can help you to be able to withstand more. It's like, you know, take a little rubber band and let's pull it and eventually you'll break it. What if you made that rubber band 10 times as thick? You're going to have to pull on that thing really hard to break it. Right. That's what we're trying to do the body. I was watching uh, some some guy explain the recovery process of Tom Haviland. Yeah. And he was like, let's take a into... Tom Haviland, if you guys don't know, is just an absolute freak of nature. Uh, you, you go look him up on Instagram. He, he The guy was talking, he said, uh, say you have a person that does three sets of five on squat. Well, their body can only handle, recover three sets of five on squat. But imagine you go and swim in the morning and then do three, five... Squat, I mean, you're able to handle the swim and that. So the more you're adding, the more your body can accommodate and the more it can It'll adjust. It'll adapt to whatever you give it. That's just higher workload and that's just, that's just a higher ceiling. It's, you can do so much more just the more you add. Yeah. You just got to do it day in, day out with consistency. What would you say would have been the thing that could have helped you most on the nutrition side? Because, you know, we were talking, you know, towards the end of the season, like, you're just kind of getting worn down. Your motivation's going. Let's let's take a team that's in a slump. Your your motivation's down, man. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. How do you get yourself to still want to uh, prioritize that? Like you're like, man, that's I don't even know if we're gonna win this game. Why am I even playing anymore? What can you do to fix that? I guess, I guess so. Not even the nutrition side. How do you get the psychological side to to be able to make it through that last? portion so whenever things start getting hard people start losing sight of what they're doing why they're doing the purpose behind it you know that's a thing that you'll hear a lot of coaches say like find your why Mm -hmm. and sometimes when you know things are starting to go a little south it's kind of hard to remember your why and but i just think you know if i start to slip my body starts to slip if my food my training starts to slip my mental health starts to slip Mm-hmm. So everything, it's kind of like a domino effect. If one thing goes down, the next is the chance, go. you know, things, other things are going to start it's to It's really collide. just being proactive and like noticing, being aware like, oh, this is starting to go, okay, fix now. Yeah. Don't wait on it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, man, I'm... I... Don't let it just deteriorate. Yeah. Yeah. I could yeah. see that. I think in regards to the nutrition side, I think, uh, you know, with especially teams are like traveling a lot and things like that, they just... They forget to bring stuff with them. Like if you know, if you can take a college team going on a eight-hour trip, you're gonna have to bring food with you. You're gonna have to. I don't, I don't you know, things like uh, MetRx bars. They're super convenient. Lots of calories. Uh, keeping protein powder, rice cakes, peanut butter, easily digestible sources of food. I think those are really, really big to keep. Um, even like kids in the high at high school, though, if you're playing three, four games a night. Or three, four games uh, a week yeah. that you're, you know, having to travel or this, that, the other. 
you gotta, and I take softball for example, they end up playing like, you know, two and a half, three hours. If you don't go eat after that and before that, you're probably gonna be significantly low in calories. And if your calories are low, where your recovery is gonna be low. And then now, now let's add even more turmoil. Let's say, you know, you lost the game, you're not eating enough either. That psychological side is gonna be even more screwed up. So now you're, you're, you don't wanna do anything. You're tired, you're beat up, you just lost. Maybe we can keep enough food in you, maybe we can keep your motivation up just a little bit because you've got more energy. You can handle handle the stresses better. And so I think, you know, even with kids going to, you know, these on away games, they should probably bring food with them. Yeah. Um, your, your little snack bag that they give you sometimes from the team, that's, that's not quality food. It's not anything that's really doing much for you. Um, I think even if kids are taking... Shoot, if I think back to football, if I'd have taken like two sandwiches, load those bad boys up, give me some Dave's Killer Bread, load some turkey up on there, um, it's, it's not going to be my most friendly, like digestion-wise. I would rather have meat and rice, but I think that for most people, it would be very, very doable to have a couple sandwiches as they go. I was going to... that's going to hit their carbs fast protein. They're going to get all of that with that, especially if they have cheese and nuts with it. I was wondering if there, and I know there's a difference, but I want to hear your words on the difference between plain hungry and not eating enough food two or three days prior. Like, yeah, it's okay to eat hungry, but is it okay to, I mean, it's okay to play hungry, mm-hmm. but is it okay to not have as much food leading up to that game? Like, is there a big so difference? I think it, that could be spun a couple different ways. If you're one of those people that just know, like, I know some people like game days, like they just have no appetite, like they can't eat. Right. Why don't you just front load some of your food on the days beforehand? You might have, you know, the two days out from your game, you might have, have a giant cheat meal just trying to put down as much food as you can. The next day trying to keep uh, your normal food in, you might add in like a, a shake with, you know, some milk, protein powder, bananas, just something to give you another six, 700 calories. Hell, you could go to, go to Sonic and get you a, Sonic or Brahms to get you a milkshake, something to give us just some calories because we know we're probably not going to be very hungry the next day if you know, you're know you one that doesn't have much of an appetite. Um, that's not the perfect world scenario. We'd like to be able to eat you know, plenty of food on game day. Um, I, I think for most people that don't have an appetite, it's really like you need to go underneath the surface. Like, why don't you have an appetite on game day? Yeah. And usually there's going to be something beneath that where they're just they're stressing themselves out. They're worried about the performance. There, there's so many little nuances beneath the surface that, like, the food isn't even the problem. It's, it's something. The yes, there's something else going on that's causing that. One hundred percent. And so I think uh, for those individuals, they they need to get to the root of the problem and try to figure out, you know, why am I doing this? Like, am I scared of something? Am I nervous about something? Um, I was listening to Kobe uh, Bryant last night in a video, and he was talking about like. Uh, performance anxiety and like how to overcome it. I, I think that's probably a pretty common issue. It, it still is for me. Like, and I'm not even competing like in front of people or this, that. A lot of times I'm just training in yeah. the gym by myself, but I still get that like nervousness of like, oh, I need to get it by this. And I need to, and it's like, man, does, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Like, and as soon as you remember, like, that doesn't matter. It's like you're free to just be in that moment. And then you usually end up performing a lot All better. That weight's as well. off your shoulders. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just like, uh, I mean, you can hear from a 1980s uh, coach, uh, got to eat a big bowl of spaghetti before the game. You know, That's what it the, the always before, was, yeah. yeah. A big bowl of spaghetti. 
And I look at that and I'm like, you know, like part of me is like, that's stupid. That's, that's not an easy, like you're not going to digest that well, this, that, the other. And I'm like, for some people that might be optimal. If it's the part person who's not going to eat the next day, that's probably one of the best things they can do. Now, perfect world scenario, we're probably going to have steak and rice or potatoes the night before. Some type of red meat and an easily digestible starchy carb. The next day, we're going to try to add in good stuff. Like uh, one thing I like to use is Vitargo. It's a carb powder, especially for people who are like struggling to get their food down. They could take two scoops of that before the game, two scoops of that at halftime of a game. They're going to be good. Or if they're playing like doubleheader games or whatever, baseball, softball, take a scoop before, take a scoop before the next game. That's, that's going to give you, a, you know, just per scoop, that's 150 calories. Two scoops, there's 300. And it's just pure carbs, yeah. <laughs> straight up carbs. It's called Vitargo. Um, it's a really, really good product. I think that that could be useful if people don't want to buy that. You know, they can use honey and rice cakes, honey and rice cakes, bananas. We really just want a lot of like easily digestible carb sources for game days. Okay. That's that. That is what I'm usually looking for for those. Like, yeah, we want to keep our protein where you know we're at least getting a gram per pound. But I think the thing most people start to slack on is just not have enough carbs. Carb so, carbs make the muscle contract. Well, on game day, I need my muscles to contract. Eat your carbs. Right. That's how I look at it. People try to look at uh, caffeine. They get a bang mm-hmm. before they work out instead of eat like an hour or two before they work out. People really do that, huh? I like mean, they don't they don't a take real, a pre workout meal. They just use That's a real thing, yeah. Huh. And you know, I mean if you're getting I mean it's not I mean it's energy. Right. But it's just not the right source per se. You're not you're not feeding your body. You're just kind of feeding that that momentary caffeine high that's what, that you get. Like perfect. Well we want both. Not quite three hundred milligrams, maybe like a hundred milligrams of caffeine, like a third of a bang hmm. or uh, you know, half a an alani or whatever. Yeah. That'd be fine, but have a meal with it. You have that now now you're gonna be sustained and you're gonna have a very good training session. Yeah. Or practice or game. Like I think as long as you're having both, you're going to be probably at your peak performance. Shouldn't be relying solely on the caffeine. Not just caffeine. 100%. Not at all. That's a sign of some other things underneath. Sir. If, like I know whenever I start having days of like I'm using you know 400 milligrams of caffeine, it's like, oh, my sleep's probably been bad the last two, three days. Or I just have not managed stress well at all and I'm freaking out. And yeah, either one of those scenarios, I'm loading caffeine because we, we still have to do our life. We don't get to just, okay, I'll see everybody later. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, another big thing, Gunner. The this is something we see here in our gym for sure. Um, just people being nervous, like you know, should, can I add more weight? Can I do more? Like, uh, how how do you get a kid to understand? You know, let's go. Our our population seven through twelve. How do you how do you get the how do you get a kid to understand like? Hey, you can you can do more on this. Like you're very very capable, and like we tell them all the time, and they listen. Like you know, Charisma the other day, she's like, I really want to, I really want to deadlift 300 pounds. I was like, okay. Well, we put on a trap bar, and I, she's asked me to wait, and I won't tell her to wait. I'm just add, add this, weight, add this, yeah. add this. She ends up putting like 325 or something like that, and then after she does, I'm like, well, this is how much it was, and she's like. I think a lot of times they psych themselves out. Mm. So I think to get more weight on, sometimes you might just not need to add it. Like you might ask a coach and say, hey, what do you, what do you think I can get on this? And you know, go by their discretion. 
But over time, we don't, I don't, we don't want the kids to be relying on us. We're, I feel like our job is to teach more than it is just to like do this. Like we want the kids to understand we're doing this because of this. Because for, you know, for me, like it has changed my life learning the value of training. Like I wouldn't travel all over and go to these different places if it, if it didn't help me. And so I think that's probably the big, uh, the big thing kids get from being here is like they get to learn the process of training. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to be willing to add. Like you got to, you got to believe in yourself yeah, a little there. bit. You yeah. got to believe in yourself, man. I mean, every you can hear it from anybody that's ever done anything that learning comes from failing. So yeah, you, today you might not be able to do split squats with the hundreds for eight, you know. But at least now you know that hundreds is way too much. Maybe dial it back. Stick with the 80s, kill the 80s, and then now you know that you have to work up there. I mean, you just got to know how strong you are. You got to kind of take a step over that line just to truly see, you know. You, you, you got to be willing to, like, look failure in the eye and go, hey, we'll see what happens. Got to be able to face that, that fear. Which I think as you do that and you overcome that fear, think of how that applies into the game. Oh. You're the pitcher sitting up with a full count, bases loaded, last inning, high stress you've already overcome that high stress over and over and over you've already beat yourself over and over and over you've failed over and over and over what does that fear do now it goes away you're yeah. not worried you, you've already been through this scenario it wasn't in a weight room instead of the sport yes but it's still the same thing your brain doesn't care what it was it's gonna still respond the same way like you hear that saying of how you do one thing is how you do everything 100 percent if you train like crap, you're probably going to play like crap. Yeah. Um, except for your, you know, your outliers like Allen Iverson and, and things like that that were just so genetically gifted that you can never beat them in the first place. Now, take those same people and give them all the right resources. Those are the freaks of all time. Yeah. Allen Iverson was a great player, but he's not Kobe Bryant. He's not Michael Jordan. Right. He didn't have the full aspect. Correct. Gotcha. The... I think with that, like, too, you know, the we have the app set up for training with the, the athletes waved in such a way that they can literally come in and if they will just check their history after they've been here for three months, they can go and check their history and I guarantee that whatever lift they're doing, they've probably done before. So if you check your history, let's say you did a single arm dumbbell row of 40 pounds three weeks ago for three sets of 10. Well, now we need to go up to, either your app's gonna say three sets of 12, and so we're gonna keep that 40 pounds, or it's gonna say three sets of 10 again. Well, you've already done 40, we need to go to 45. If you've shown up and you've done the exercises the weeks prior, you're gonna be able to go up to 45, or you're gonna be able to take 40 for 12. The only way to screw up the training here is just to not get it done. Um, you know, we, we see it time and time again that the athletes that show up and are consistent, they make progress over and over and over. The athletes, they get sidetracked. Oh, I've got this. I'm, and don't get me wrong, the, I think athletes these days, especially at high school, I think most of them have too many things on their plate. Like, they're doing this and this, stop, and this and this and this and this. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever stop and, and oh, we do, but I think we should do it more often. Stop as, as the parent or whoever's in charge of that athlete. Hey, are you enjoying this, 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 and this? If they're not, get rid of it. 
quit forcing kids to do things they don't enjoy and are passionate about. Um, there's just there's just no point. All that does is it leads to a kid that's not happy, um, kid that f- just feels eh, all the time like. You know, and I think it's important to go underneath the surface and ask, like, why am I doing this? Or as a parent, why am I asking my child to do X, Y, Z? You know, if if it's about something that's about the parent or an appearance or or something that is just surface level, like, get rid of it. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if Sue is, you know, in uh, NHS and, and Jim Bob over there isn't. At the end of the day, those things don't matter. Oh, but it's going to give you a better college job. You don't. That's a, such a different topic. I'll I'll just let that one go. But it's. I I think there's in this day and age, there's a lot of ways to do things. You don't have to make this perfect, uh, seamless story to be able to accomplish big things. A lot of times, the people who do go accomplish big things took a very different route. Yeah. Very different route, and it's usually not safe. I mean, that's what I'll finish. So you have an athlete with that. Uh... That their parents say, all right, you have to play soccer. I played soccer in high school. You're going to be a great soccer player. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they want to do chess. It's just just for saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll be in soccer, but is the intent there? You know, is the mental aspect there? Are they going to be as great as you want them to be? Mm-hmm. It's just going to be... It's not. It's That's, going to be underwhelming. You know, It's, I mean? you know, go back to our performance pyramid. At the very base of our performance pyramid, it's happiness. So if the kid likes playing chess... They don't really like playing soccer as much. Guess which one they're going to be better at? Chess, because they're happier doing it. Yep. It's, you know, I think the biggest thing we can do as, as families and just coaches to support all these athletes is, hey, what do you really enjoy doing lately? Let's do more of that. You know, and as we, as, as we do that, we create this society of people that, like, truly like their lives. You know, that's been something for me that has been very, very hard. Um, I've never been things haven't really ever came very hard to me. Like I've always been good at just about anything I've done. I've never been like great per se at just any one specific thing, but I've always been decent. Can do it. In any things I've tried. Yeah. I, you know, like random things can play guitar. Can, I mean, I can do a lot of, you play guitar. Yeah. I just know four chords. That's all you need to know. Um, okay. it's just, I've, anything I've ever wanted to try to do, you know, I enjoy it. The only problem is that for me, I never like really sat there and went like, you know, do I actually enjoy what I'm doing right now? Or is this just something I'm doing just to do it? And at a young age, like as a kid, you're not, you don't have that awareness enough yet. I think that does fall on the parents and coaches yeah. to be able to help guide them through that. And I feel like we try to do our best of that with the athletes, you know, like really checking on them and, you know, hey, how's this been? How's... And so I, I just think for the parents that, you know, if, if they're helping us on that front as well, like, man, you're going to see some, some really awesome things with your kid. Like, yeah, we want to be, we want to see them be great at their sport. But even more than that, we want our kids that are here to go on and do some really awesome things in their life. That could be a doctor. It could be uh, coming back and helping lead a community. It could be being just, you know, an, an awesome uh, father or mother. Like, I just want to, I want people that have been here to, whenever they leave this place and one day have nothing to do with it, I wanted to have done something that impacted them and, a way that helped their entire life, yeah. not just their sport. Yeah. And so I, I think that, um, I know that's off topic on, you know, setting up the training and all that, but I really think the base of everything we try to do, that's that's the big goal, man. Uh, and I, I think we really do. Like, at the end of the day, whenever I'm going to bed, that's, you know, did, did, 
did Sue have a good time here today? Did Sue do, man, Sue looked really, really uh, just sad. I wonder what's going on. Like, I feel like we do a very good job of that. Um, one of the last things I want to touch on is the hated, the most hated part of anything here. The sandbag challenge, which you just threw up on the other day. I did. Which made me really sit there and contemplate, are we asking too much? Because I looked at it, our, our member retention, we lost a lot of athletes when we started doing the sandbag challenge. It's not, I, I, I it's literally, not I paired it back up. We lost quite a few after that first three weeks of the sandbag challenge. There's a link. There's uh-huh. a link to it. Yeah. And it might just be coincidental, but like... Uh, I'll be honest. I don't think anybody wants to do it. Anybody. I mean, when they see it on their app, I know they're like, dang, damn. I really got to do this. Here we go again. Oh, I've done the three team and the two team. It's a solo mission a day. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, I don't want to do this one by myself today. Yeah. Yeah. No. um, Man, that's just... I think that's the definition of map. I'm not going to lie. What is it? It's you get a sandbag, and if you're with a group... It's a mile a walk with that sandbag, yeah. bro. I like literally sat there and I thought about that, and I was like... It's gritty. It very. Like, you are like literally being pushed to your limit, and there is nobody coming to save you. There is not a single person coming to help you. It is you for that whole entire mile. Yeah, if you have a partner in this and that, you have some accountability to them, but... You got to make it back. It's you and your brain. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's and, it, and it gets... Oh, man, it talks a lot when you're doing that sandbag challenge. Like, it'll it'll start, oh, man, you need to drop it. You, you know, you still got this much left. You might as well just uh, cut it here, take a break, and it'll talk to you. It kind of has... I, I would like to say it has a direct correlation to the energy that you put into your training inside the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just kind of, you know, whatever... You're probably going to hit like a 40 minute, 50 minute, you know, you're probably just going to have to drag it behind you. Yep. Not saying, not saying it's, you know, <clears throat> but I mean, if you're also killing it, you're, you're probably, probably killing your training too. Yeah. You're probably going to be able to jog with that bag or that kettlebell. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, what I love about it is that, like you said, it's just you and your brain and it's just, it, there's no better tool right now. I think that just strengthens your either strengthens or completely kills your uh, mental confidence in the way you attack your training so uh, man I wish it was a, just like a squat deadlift bench record that we would put up on the board yeah instead we have a standby challenge record yeah, yeah. the uh, I, I think one of the things that the kids don't really realize this or you know even our parents like yeah, it's, you know, we're doing the sandbag challenge and it's, it's mentally, it's hard. It's taxing. We didn't pick that just to, like, oh, let's do something hard. No, like one of the biggest weaknesses we see in our athletes is it's their mid-back. Well, when you put that sandbag on your back, what is sore when you get back from that walk with it is your mid-back. You're taking a good 15 to 25 minutes of just straight tension on your mid-back. And what we've seen in the squats since then, brother, everybody's squats have blown up. Like anybody that does the challenge shows up consistently, all their stuff blows up. Their squat blows up, so does their jump, so does their sprint. Blaine Walker is a great example. Yes, he's having some 
some nice little hormone kicks right now, but man, he's he's done the work. He set the foundation at a, at a early young age, and he is reaping the benefits very well now. Yeah. Um, you know, he's I don't I think he was twenty seven to thirty five, like eight inch PR the other day on his uh, dumbbell box jump. Yeah, um, squat PRs all the all the dang time, 30, 40, 50 pound PRs. Uh, what I what I'd really like to see when when we get Coop back healthy, maybe. Getting him back on a sandbag challenge. I just, I wonder in season if his back can take it. Yeah. Um, there's only, you know, some some people have a higher tolerance and some people have less. Coop is one of those kids that has trained with such a high amount of volume and frequency that I believe he could handle that and recover just fine in season. Yeah. Now, give me somebody else who only, because Coop will handle anywhere, anywhere around eight workouts a week. A lot of our athletes only handle two. The ones that handle two... I don't know if, you know, like combining school as well. I don't know if those kids, if they have a high output already, I don't know if it's very beneficial for them to take that in season. It might be a little too much. Now, if it's an athlete who, you know, they don't really have a big base, they don't really know how to strain or anything, that very young training age, they're going to recover just fine. You know, if the, the younger the training age, the more you can get away with. The more advanced you get, the more cautious you got to start getting. Yeah. Unless you have just an incredible work capacity, like you know, Cooper, for example. It's uh, you know, I think of guys like him, Carter. Uh, Carter does a good job with that. Um, train, train has a high frequency. Eats a plenty of food. Yeah, that's the biggest. I think is just having both. You gotta, you gotta have a high frequency. You gotta have a lot of food. If you want to go far in sport, gotta have a high training frequency. You gotta have a lot of food. Those are. The, the food is one of the only ways you can control the psychological components. You don't feel just burnt out and like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this another day? That's like right before this one, I grabbed my food was like, I felt like, oh, I need to go to bed. As soon as I ate that, I was good to go. Food is function, not flavor. Food is function, not flavor. Yeah. I want my food to taste good though. I, You'll eat some random stuff. I got to pass on those. I mean, if Miss Costas is coming down... Oh man! You know I'm gonna do it for some flavor. Okay? When Mark's when Mark's mom comes yeah. in with some yeah. food, oh man! It's gonna get a little sideways. I, I always like I can't help it. Now I just like, like I gotta try a little bit every single time. She so I know, I know every anytime she comes by, I'm gonna eat an extra two to three hundred calories that day. Eat because like I'm not gonna sit there and have a whole plate, but like I'm gonna have a little bit extra. You gotta know. I'm just like, oh, I gotta try <laughs> it. I got I gotta have some. I gotta know what that loving tastes like. Absolutely. See, yeah, I think. I think that's a. I think when we have that sandbag challenge, like we, we've all said, like right now the culture we have here is second to none. Like if you're coming here, like you're willing to work, like you are willing to work. But I think at the same time, you know, it's very important that uh, our athletes understand that like this is hard. Like I try to let everybody know in their meeting, like it's going to be tough. If you can stay with it and overcome that, there's. So such a confidence boost that you get as an individual that is going to carry to your sport, that's going to carry to your homework, that's going to carry to your home life. Like it's everything, man. And and I think that it's just so neglected in this day and age. Like people don't want to do hard stuff anymore. Yeah, everything has become about convenience. Uh, you know, you can pick up your groceries at the store. You don't even have to shop for them anymore. Like everything is truly about like our convenience. And I think we've gone so far that way that now is the easiest time in the world to separate yourself. Like I, I can think of like, 
I, I want to say like when I was in high school, if we'd have had, you know, map here, there would have been quite a few of us like training. I feel like the, the population now there's even less mm. because it is like, Oh, like that's hard. You know, it's, do I really want to do that. Oh, I got to do this too. And I think people just need to find you know, like, what do you enjoy? What, what thing is going to give you the most bang for your buck? What's going to actually help you as you grow up and as you keep, you know, trying to progress in your life and sport and I think maps the place for that. I feel like uh, the sandbag is like a induction to the official family. Like once you do it, everybody's there, like, there's like yeah. there's such a bond to it too. It's, like, it's suffering. Like it's literal shared suffering with everybody. Like you know exactly what everybody goes through on it because you go through it. Yeah, it is truly a bond. It's like one of the best bonds I think you can create here because everybody's like, yeah. You every, went through every it. 13 weeks, man. Yeah. Every 13 weeks, that thing pops back up. It's a beautiful thing. Eventually, we're going to have to... Well, eventually, we'll cycle it. I don't know what we're going to cycle with yet. I've thought about it. And I'm just like... Like, how do I recreate this? Oh, I'm sure we can... I can get creative and find some ways. Because sure I know I know their kids are getting ready to just like, screw y'all. I am done doing that sandbag challenge. Get a wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrows, mile. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the sled going down Main Street of the, or going down Frisco and Clinton. Oh, dude! Right, yeah. right downtown. Yeah, giant wheelbarrow and a and a sled, just mile. See you guys. Oh man. Cool. Anything you want to add before we close this thing out, Gunner? Man, it's great. It was a great time. Uh, everybody listening, let's get after it. You know, you can only go up from here. You're at, you're, at, you're at the basement right now. You're, you're, you're at your worst right now. Every single day is when you wake up. This is the worst I'm ever going to be. You got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. So keep going. Choose the hard route. And we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Guys, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, you can hit us up on Instagram at uh, MAP Clinton. Um, another easy way to get a hold of us, you can shoot us an email at maperformance18 at gmail.com. See you guys next month.